right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Angry Wargamer. I am Jason, The Angry Wargamer, and tonight we have Drew, and Lando has the Rona. He doesn't, but I just want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? So, um, yeah, uh, I got to say, like, this week has been a, the pre-release for, as far as I go, the pre-release for... Um, the new Death Guard Codex for miniatures released um, was today. It didn't release. The pre-release was today. And I ordered the pre-release and I ordered the data cards. And by the time I got there, the rest of the shit was sold out. So I guess I have to wait for shiny new miniatures. Um, I really haven't done anything else, though. Like, it's literally been miniatures, a few TikTok videos, and getting annoyed by my kids. That's pretty much it. What about you, Drew? Um, I got a relatively decent sized bonus from work, so I ended up paying off a great deal of bills, and I also put in for a pre-order for my commons and uncommon set for Kaldheim, like I usually do for all the standard sets, because it's just good to have them for various different formats that I play. Uh, a friend of mine also informed me, and I know this isn't card game related, but it is nerdy related, that uh, it looks like Hasbro is going to do another reissue of the Titan class figure they put out in august last year and they're gonna be putting it out in june and a place that he shops at actually put in uh ordered four of them from their distributor and he put one on hold for me so that i can purchase it for later and that will actually round up my uh, collection pretty nicely so i'm happy about that nice yeah um I don't know, like, I, I just got, well, I guess I got my Kaldheim box in. Um, we did talk about that a little, well, not we talked about it not on the podcast, but I did get my uh, Commander Legends box in. I opened it up, got some fantastic pulls, and I really, really think I'm going black-white angels. I don't know if I want to dip that third color, because I could go with black-white-red and then run Kalia as my main commander but it looks like i'm i really want to stick with freesia and i found some partner angels in the commander legends box so um i gotta figure out how partner works now so yeah <laughs> uh you want to explain partner i don't know how partner works partner is a new fucking mechanic to me sure i'll i'll, I'll explain it to you so you're in a normal EDH uh, deck, you have one commander and 99 cards. In a partner commander deck, you have two commanders and 98 cards. You can cast any of your commanders from the command zone at any given point for their casting cost. If they ever end up back in the command zone, they start costing two extra for every time they hit, hit the command zone individually. So you're going to have to keep track of that. But it's basically the same function as basic EDH, but you're just adding an extra extra character. That's literally it. So I'm, instead of a uh, hundred or ninety nine cards in the deck, I'm running ninety eight cards. Correct, because the two commanders equal ninety nine and a hundred. Hmm. Fantastic. So now I got to rethink that. Maybe it's an expensive one. It's like a what's like a four two, four colorless two white angel it's a partner i gotta figure it out i gotta look at it it's an uncommon so it's something for later i guess but just make sure that when you're partnering them up that they have the partner of partner trait on the card otherwise you can't partner them 
So. Oh, they both have to have partner. Correct. Oh, fuck that then. All right, I got to rethink that then. <laughs> but I can throw I can throw that angel into the deck if I wanted to. It doesn't have yeah, to. It. it doesn't have to be in the commander section. Okay, got it. No, you can throw it. In, you can throw it in the main deck with very little difficulty. You can have whatever you want in the deck. It's just you got to make sure that you follow the parameters of the commanders that you have. If it's partner commanders, they both have to have partner trait. And if uh, and if you're just doing one commander, obviously it doesn't matter. So yeah, cool. All right. Well, I think we can lump a couple of these in. Um as far as release dates go, because the release dates can go kind of quick. Um, right. You think, or do you have extra stuff to add to oh, these pre-releases? No, dude. Put them all, put them all together. That was the idea. I just kind of threw, I kind of slapdash the list together just cause I was just going, I usually when I'm throwing the podcast list together, a little behind the scenes information, we have a, we have a chat that we use and I just kind of call I just kind of, uh, culminate all of our podcast topics from there yeah. so i just grabbed what i saw there and a few things that i was throwing around on other on other uh chats and that basically was how i put together the, that's how the sausage is made folks sorry <laughs> yeah we grab the shit from the week and then we try to remember everything and we throw it on a list and that's how that works and then there's stuff where i'm going to add to the list obviously because um i thought it was funny and i've been talking to the uh fgc hollywood discord um about something that they're talking about on their next cast too and it's going to be the same topic we haven't even actually talked to each other about it we just kind of give each other like how we felt about it but yeah so you're gonna get our opinion fresh without even hearing their opinion and then you guys can combine that shit i don't care if you're not a fighting <laughs> game person you're not gonna like their podcast but you know whatever <laughs> anyway um they're cool guys though i like them uh, so Super Mario 3D World is February 12th. It's just a re-release, and it comes with the expansion Bowser's Fury for the Switch. Um, I know some people are looking forward to it. I'm very indifferent about it. I don't really, I don't know. It's a re-release, so there's not much I can really say about it. Honestly, for me, it's. It, it, I feel the same way you do. They did that with the. They did it during the 3DS time with a lot of the uh, Mario and Luigi games. Like yeah. they would, they would tack on like a rider of extra content on there, along with the main game itself. Obviously, they updated the graphics and everything, so that's also nice. But yeah. like they, they clearly were sweetening the pot, obviously because they're double dipping on things. Like especially with the Switch having a lot of ports from the Wii U, as literally. The Wii U was bailing out all of its all of its children into the Switch boat as it was sinking. Yeah, it's uh, the I mean, Bowser's Fury better be worth. It's literally Bowser's Fury better be worth the sixty dollars price tag. And I'm gonna say I doubt it's worth the sixty dollars price tag. It, they just need to re instead of rehashing the Mario games, they need to really make like new titles, like what they did with Odyssey when the Switch first came out. I agree. The problem at the end of the day is, is it looks to me like they tacked on a bit of Odyssey content onto the Mario 3D World re-release to ensure that people would purchase it for the 60 bucks. I don't know how much content it's going to be because, again, the, the, that kind of stuff, unless it's uh, unless it's a, a DLC, they usually don't tell you how much, how much in hours and extra content it is. 
So I'm. It looks gorgeous, but it just looks like more Mario Odyssey content without that. Without Cappy, it's the same kind of graphics, the same kind of world setup. It's mm-hmm. literally just an extra bit of bit of fluff on top of the, the original game. So I'm I'm indifferent as you are about it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so that's probably going to be a game I skip too. And speaking of that, what we should do, because me and you really love those indie titles, is we should find some of those cheap indie titles and like recommend them. Because <laughs> I know we do it in passing when we talk about it, but um, we should kind of like maybe we should put together a list of all the indie stuff that we've played, or even some of the not maybe not some of the indie stuff, but some of the cheaper games that are out there. Like obviously when the Final Fantasy X went on sale, so maybe some of the newer younger kids i don't know i don't even know our demographic to be honest but maybe someone's out there and hasn't played it like we should put together a list of hey these games fucking rock <laughs> you should definitely pick them up when they go on sale or buy them brand new if you wanted to and here's some of our favorite indie titles well i got one off the top of my head that i'm playing right now and i was telling you about earlier yeah i actually talked about this on an earlier installation of the podcast and uh, it wasn't really cheap because, like, it was a bundle that I purchased for, like, 38 bucks. But it was a hat in time, and it came with the, – the bundle came with all the DLC that they had for it. And the game is beautiful. Yeah. Like, I'm playing it in handheld mode, and from what I saw on YouTube, like, docked mode's even more more smooth and, and awesome. But, like, the movement is intuitive and fluid. I don't feel like I'm on slippery, slipping on ice like I do with a lot of 3D games. Like it's it's up there with Odyssey as far as mobility is concerned. I don't at all feel at any point that I have zero control over what I'm doing, and and it's just another collectathon 3D platformer, which I'm all for. Considering I skipped on ukulele, this absolutely fits the bill for me. It's a gorgeous game, and I like I can't high, I can't recommend it more. I know it's an older title; it's about two or three years old right now. But like, yeah, if you're looking if you're looking to scratch that itch that odyssey left for you and you were done with it definitely give this give this a try it's cutesy yes but it's not to the point where it's un it's untenable or or it's cringy it's just a fun game it's a fun game that doesn't have all the pretentiousness of you know most other indie titles that usually pop up so if that doesn't sell you on it i don't know what the hell will (laughs) yeah this is exactly what i'm talking about though because now we mentioned that one game but then we won't talk about it. Like we'll, we randomly name drop games and games that we enjoy. And I think we should put together a full list. <laughs> oh, oh, I plan on it. But that one was an expensive one. Yeah. The more indie titles that I have on my switch, I'll just make a list of when I get a chance. Yeah. And then you and I could just throw it out, throw it against the wall and see if anybody likes them so much, the better. Right. Exactly. That'd be pretty cool. I like that idea. Now we just see this is what happens. We don't even we we use you the listeners as a sounding board for future plans. <laughs> no, so um, I guess the next big release thing that um, as far as video games go, in my opinion, because this is my bread and butter, and I fucking love this this game and if you have if you've listened to this point and you can't figure out what i'm talking about right now you need to go back and re-listen to everything because you'll know exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) and for all the people out there that game is pokemon snap now pokemon snap is not a game for everybody the whole premise of the game is going around taking pictures of pokemon 
in the environment. And it's a fun, stupid game, but this trailer is it fills the gap from the last Pokemon Snap. Let's just put that last Pokemon Snap was um I want to say GameCube era when uh GameCube? Yeah, GameCube. No. N64. Before that? N64. Oh yeah. Cuz was uh it came around it came out this the uh, just before Coliseum came out, right? Or a couple years before Coliseum. I believe so, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a very old title and this is the first no. This is the first remake they they did one on 3DS if I'm not mistaken. No, they didn't. It, Pokemon Snap has only ever had one game. Why do what did they do on 3DS then? Oh, never mind. It was a feature that was in the game. Never mind. I'm talking stupid. <laughs> it was Sun and Moon that did that then, right? Or was it Omega Ruby? Where you had where you could take pictures and then get your pictures rated. No, it was Sun and Moon. That's what it was. Yeah, I believe so. You're correct on that one. Yeah. There you go. So Pokemon Snap. Um you can check out the trailer. Just Google Pokemon Snap. Uh the trailer looks fantastic. It's got updated graphics. It's on the Switch and it's coming April 30th. I want to say yeah available april 30th it's on pre-order right now but i don't ever pre-order anything this far in advance so that's on you if you do because then you'll be out the money um i don't know how much the game is going for let's let me click on that so i can give you guys a better idea it's got to be regular msrp like other games because it's an actual full real new title so yeah but nintendo's pricing sometimes is weird um sometimes they'll charge you 59.99 sometimes they'll charge you like 35 yeah it's 59.99 okay so that's regular price the regular main regular triple a title price we'll go with that one <laughs> so yeah 59.99 um i'm probably gonna buy it in physical because everything i buy pokemon wise is physical unless it's like a dlc um but yeah there's that. And then uh where am I at? We did Pokemon Snap already. Alright, I'm gonna let you have this one because I didn't buy the game and Orlando's not here to help you out. But Scott Pilgrim uh released. And it released what Thursday? Okay, hold up. Let's do the date. <laughs> Today is Saturday, January 16th, 2021, and the game released last Thursday, I want to say. So I'll let you have this one, Drew, because you got it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'll also cover Orlando because he's been kind of, he's been going back and forth with me since its release. Um, so Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is a game that came out in 2010. Uh, it It is basically along the lines of the Scott Pilgrim versus the Scott Pilgrim comic book series that came out during that time. Uh, it also came out around the time that the movie came out as kind of a, a paired piece to it. Uh, it's basically, if you want to think of the Kunio Kun series, uh, river city ransom, it's the same kind of fighting style as that, uh, with, uh, you know, RPGs, uh, RPG elements splashed in, 
but it's up to four players. It's uh, online co-op. Um, you can also do local as well. It's um, it came with all this version that just came out came with all the DLC that originally came out with it in that four year time span. Uh, the, the exciting part of this is it's the 10 year anniversary for the actual movie. And this actually worked out pretty well in that because because uh, uh, I believe it was Universal that had access to the rights to it. And I believe they gave it they they were managed to be able to re-release the game on all current platforms, which is absolutely fucking awesome. The game is gorgeous. If you like beat-em-ups, it's another beat-em-up along the lines of Streets of Rage, the newest Streets of Rage right now, um, and, and a bunch of other titles that have been out, because I think the Capcom beat-em-ups collection also is uh, online as well. So if you, uh, if you like that kind of thing, I absolutely love that kind of thing. Go for it. Go in. $14.99 on, uh, on the eShop. I believe it's around the same price for Steam and all other platforms. Obviously, this varies depending on your region, but this is the U.S. price, so it's it's gorgeous. And Orlando is trying to do it solo, and it took him a god it took him for goddamn ever to beat the first level, and he was bitching to me about it the entire time, but he still <laughs> loves the damn game. Nice. So it's it's definitely a co-op style game, then, right? Oh yeah, dude! I think you should pick it up. It's only it's only what fifteen and some change after taxes. Yeah, I thought with the way you guys it. were hyping it up, I thought it was gonna be more expensive than that. I didn't realize it was only fifteen bucks. Yep, yep. I might go do that tonight before I start watching fat people falling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the forever ongoing running joke. Um, no, we've been talking about Scott Pilgrim for a while now, like at least six months since we found out it was even coming released and um i know you and orlando were definitely super hyped about it i've never watched the movies <laughs> i just never did um i didn't play the first game and this might be my first uh first game for the scott pilgrim series then well it's this is just a re-release of the original game anyway so you wouldn't be missing oh. much if you want to watch the movie it's on netflix right now so if you want to you know burn some time it's it's not a it's not a long movie it's pretty whimsical, and the characters in there are, are decent. If you don't mind Michael Sarah, it shouldn't be that big of a headache. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, there's only one actor I avoid, and that's Ben Affleck. Wow, I'm gonna need the backstory on <laughs> that one at some point. You don't have to go into it now if you don't want to. No, I just don't like the guy. I think he's a terrible actor. And then the second he got Batman, I just kind of shunned the entire Batman universe. And everyone's like, "Well, he was the best part of Batman versus Superman." I said, "Exactly." What does that tell you? Ah. <sighs> <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to convince me like i never had a problem I, I i had a problem with dc from the beginning and we've said it multiple times yeah. good tv shitty movies yeah and the only movie i actually watched ben affleck in was mall rats and that's when he was just starting his career and that's it maybe dogma that's fine it's that's just part of the kevin smith nonsense and yeah him and kevin have been friends for fucking millennia so that makes sense right yeah it's nothing personal against the guy i just think he's a terrible fucking actor and i just and the second he got cast as batman i was like no i'm done with you um the same way i feel about about jack black don't feel don't feel bad yeah. we all have people we all have people that rub us the wrong way as far as hollywood's concerned i don't i ain't judging you about it so don't worry he's, about he's it. my celebrity beef damn it <laughs> Oh, I mean, anyway. that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I so I Jack Black is weird for me, too, because I do like Jack Black, but um, 
I don't know. I don't say I go out of my way to watch his movies. I just kind of enjoy like what he's been in. And then um, a Brutal Legends, if anybody ever played that game, when that game first came out, that was a fun as fuck game. <laughs> Absolutely. And I actually own Brutal Legends for the PS3. Yeah. Like, again, I don't mind. I've said it before. I don't mind Jack Black in small amounts. It's just the entirety of the fucking 2000s era. He was shoved in my face by every goddamn nerd and their mother and in him Whoa. and his fucking band back then. Tenacious and D. it's just like, <laughs> I, I, I can't fucking stand. I couldn't stand their fucking music. They were and talented. It's just, just yeah. on me. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, me. But like, even his movies rubbed me the wrong way too. Because like, he always played a fucking dolt. And then when they finally put him into a position where he could potentially be something greater, like, like he, I think he was in a rom com. I'm like, why would you put Jack Black in a fucking rom com? He was in High like, Fidelity. Is that the one you're talking about? No, no. High Fidelity is not the one I'm talking about. He actually was in like a serious rom com. Oh. It had something to do with Christmas and holidays and some shit. Like, it was like, it it was it. I didn't I didn't have a chance to watch it. I kind of wanted to just to see if he could pull it off. But like when they, I think like Tropic Thunder was the only time I ever felt like he was actively slotted incorrectly because he was <laughs> taking piss on himself. <laughs> Tropic Thunder was one of those movies that. I just, oh my god. <laughs> Oh man! We all knew it was going to be that way. You got two. You got ten minutes into that fucking movie, and if you don't didn't know what you were getting into, that was your own goddamn fault. Very true. That is very true. I gotta say though, like the new Jumanji movie wasn't bad, but he definitely got cast as the dumb character again. And I'm just like, oh come on! You you had so much potential, so much potential, but then you had to be like the dude that's a girl that's a dude or in the game i'm just like oh my god all right <laughs> i'm done with this <laughs> the best way to look at him is he's just the, he's just a new a new generation of rob schneider character who's put into these weird precarious situations where he either is act, he's either behind the eight ball or he's acting like a complete fucking lunatic yeah and for jack black it's more of the latter than the former whereas with schneider it was more of the former than the latter it, again, I don't have a problem with them in the context. It's just like everything about him is abrasive in that regard. And it's just like, but him as a person, I don't have a problem with him. Like, I loved his interviews when he was talking to Conan and when he was talking on, on all the other late shows. Like, he seemed like a genuinely thoughtful individual. And I was very happy when he started his uh, YouTube uh, Let's Play channel. I'm like, good, good for him. I'm glad he's doing stuff. But like him as like a, a, a celebrity entity, like he nauseates the fuck out of me. <laughs> like it's just the compartmentalization that i have with the, with that individual like if i ever met the guy i'd be happy to meet him and chat with him like he sounds like he'd be a really interesting interesting conversation yeah but like him being a fucking him being a spastic colon on screen he, he kind of gives off chris farley vibes without any of the physical comedy oh. it's fine do whatever the fuck you're gonna do like i heard people told me said nacho libre was was a good movie i'm like good for you i'm glad you enjoyed that kind of shit glad, i never watched I'm glad it. it was worth the price of popcorn <laughs> Yeah, I never watched that one either. Oh man. So speaking of TV, speaking of TV though, um, I'm assuming the WandaVision topic is the one from Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I haven't watched it. Uh, this is a you. <laughs> I was hoping you did. No, I I was getting around to it, and I just 
you put it on the list and I was like, no, I haven't gotten to this yet. So I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, we, we get, we, you want to hold off on it. We can hold off on it. We got plenty of, we got, you're just going to hold off on it then. Yeah, All stay right. tuned, folks. One of us is going to get around to pulling our heads out of our asses and actually watching that move, that show. So yeah. we'll go from there. So um, speaking of uh, a follow up on the run, hide, fight from last podcast, um, I now have to subscribe to the Daily Wire to watch that video. So once I figure out how much that's going to cost me, me and you could watch that movie and then I'll just unsubscribe. So. Whatever's clever, just call it the price of admission on that. Exactly, it, it can't be more than like I, f- I figure like fifteen bucks. So, whatever, it is what it is. Um, it was at the it, it won awards at the Venice um, Film Festival, so it's not like a movie they created. It's like they adopted it and then brought it to the mainstream, but it was already out there. So, um. It's just the shitty reviews. I think they got it after the Daily Wire was like, no, we want to like worldwide show your shit. So whatever. All right. Let's get into uh, this fun little topic. I don't. Did you get a chance to read it? The um, which one? The, oh, the apology. Uh, oh, fuck. No, I, I'm, I'm going into this raw. If you know about it, I'm ready. Oh, shit. The apology. Yeah. No, we don't know anything about that one either. Hold on. Let's go. Yeah, we're both going to go into that one, Raw. I was talking about the uh, FGC COC. Oh, no. Go for it, man. If I haven't heard anything about this, so I'm, I'm actually kind of excited. Bring it on. Okay, so the F- FGC stands for Fighting Game Community. Um, a group of people got together and decided that they wanted to put out a community code of conduct. Now, there's no organization the only organizations are like the conventions and the tournament organizers and the, the companies related to esports as far as fighting games go. So these people, this is, this is the tweet that they put out. It says, a collective co- of community volunteers have written a fighting game community code of conduct. Now, the code of conduct is something that you get when you go to a convention that says you break these rules, you're out type thing. They'll pull your badge. How do you... How do you enforce a code of conduct to on a community that doesn't have formal organization and even at that point you have to have a screening process or a way of collecting names or saying that these people because anybody can say that they're part of the fighting game community now like that's just how it is so um it also says this document is an open resource that was created to help community members take confident and uniform action against abuse and misconduct in the scene so what the fuck like do i have to write a code of conduct now for magic players like if you want to sit at my card table or my D D groups like is this what this is where we're going to now so <laughs> this was written on january 14th 2021 or at least that's the last time it was updated the biggest thing is is that you don't have they have an authority like i guess an authority like they have a group of people that came together and signed it and signed off on it but at the same time they're trying to get organizations like um co- uh, combo breaker um uh what are some of the other ones evo like some of those to adopt this form of the code of conduct when they already have a code of conduct um i i mean i'll read it 
through there's not much to it but it's it's kind of kind of hilarious in my opinion because there's <laughs> there's no ruling body over a community like the only way you can enforce this code of conduct is to have a ruling body like you can't just like I don't know how to say like you could have white supremacists come into a like into the community and you would never know and then they can have like some sort of like they can say something but there's nothing that forces them to be out of the community right they're just out of your circle so basically if you're not part of this new circle you might as well just stay on the outside in my opinion so the preamble this is the fighting game community code of conduct its goal is to prevent and expel predatory behavior and emotional, sexual, verbal, and physical abuse to create a safer and more inclusive FGC in which more people can enjoy the fun, uh, exciting, grassroots spirit of our community. Let's stop there for a second. What this is a, what this is a response to is what happened over the summer where you had Zero who was talking to underage girls you had a uh, Filipino champ saying some racist stuff about during around the Jordan Floyd time. Um, Chris Tartarian, who said some stuff, or Chris T, known in the FGC. Um, ESAM was affected by this. There was um, Mike Z, the creator of Skullgirls. We covered that topic. There's this is over this last year has been like horrible as far as like outing of people. Uh, who have done terrible things in the community, or people that are well-known, at least. Esam got... Um, he's okay. He's fine compared to what everybody else happened to everybody else. But um, they were banned. They're big-name pros that were banned from tournaments or banned completely from playing any Capcom games like or, like, the Capcom Cup and the official, like, uh, tournaments and stuff like that. So... That first line is basically saying, don't be a dick. <laughs> like, and the whole grassroots spirit of the community, like now you're, you're not turning into a grassroots thing. You're trying to turn it into an organization, in my opinion. All right. Any thoughts on that? Or do you want me to keep going? Well, no, you're right on the money in that. This yeah. feels particularly ceremonial if you want to look at it from the baseline. Oh, unless they're it going gets to better. create natural membership, whatever. When they, if they're unless they're going to actually create a paid membership for the fighting game community, I don't see this as being anything more than just so the, the the community saying, "No, what happened is bullshit. We're making a stand by creating a set of guidelines for ourselves that will go along with the you know Evo and whatever other." whatever other fighting game championship those, stuff that but those i guarantee you pull those codes of conduct from those tournaments and they have something very similar to this but you'll see where it gets a lot jankier because i've already read through this so. <laughs> oh i'm ready i'm excited bring it on all right so the next part um it was put together by community volunteers reviewed by other community volunteers and agreed to by community leaders who are these community leaders it applies to all players, attendees, tournament organizers, staff, streamers, commentators, posters, and so on who attend, run, or use tournaments, online messaging platforms, chat rooms, servers, and other community gathering places that have signed on to enforce it. What? 
the the who those people are, so I have a general idea of who the fuck actually put their name behind this. You won't recognize any of them. I guarantee it, because I only recognized one. So, uh, what happens is now, um, what? So, if you start a community and you have to pay into it, what's the disadvantage of not being part of this? Is there any advantage to being part of this other than these extra rules? All right. Does it sound like I don't know. In the, uh, in the wake of so many examples of abuse, bigotry, and other bad actions in our scene, we must recognize that we have not done enough to keep our community members safe. Previously, we've only relied on individual tournament organizers and professional tours to conduct their own disciplinary actions. Unfortunately, that kind of piecemeal approach not only places an unfair burden on those TOs, it also ne- uh, necessarily ends up in the decision that can come across as low uh, dog pi- or slow dogpiling that can feel inconsistent or that uh, are made by people who may not, uh, not, may not be well com- uh, connected to the community. We hope that this code of conduct will solve these problems by empowering faster, more uniform, and more community-based or focused action. So... Uh, I guess I can see their argument, but it's still... They're literally begging these tournament organizers and stuff to adopt these rules at this point. Like, that's how that reads to me. It's like you want a more uniform approach, but at the same time, like, you might not think they were disciplined enough, but at the same time, you don't know how they were disciplined. So who enforces this? Do the tournament organizers still enforce it? Or because the tournament organizers are held to this same conduct, who is this governing body that's now you know, dropping the hammer on these people. That That is the real question here. Mm-hmm. What's the oversight as far as that's concerned? Right. Are, is there actually going to be an outside, like, independent body that's going to be followed up on, on other things that may have occurred in the course of during tournaments or as far as, like, social media and stuff is concerned? Because this feels like either an extra branch of... of uh, I'll use the word extra extrajudicial um, oversight that just is redundant. Right. At least with my observation. Right. So it says, uh, please read the rest of this document, which we've tried to write in a way that doesn't take a law degree to get through. Remember, these rules will apply to everyone in any tournament, event, or discussion space that adopts this code of conduct. So make sure that you understand them. If you have any questions please feel free to strike up a conversation at fgc or fgcoc.communications at gmail.com okay so this was um started by um fuck i can't remember the guy's name now he's the only name i remembered the guy's an actually a lawyer so he's the like the front runner that helped write this so it was written by like a lawyer but in a way that people can understand basically so um yeah i wish i could remember the fucking guy's name now but i can't so here we go uh number uh section one authority 1.1 code of conduct this is the fighting game community code of conduct a set of rules to promote better behavior in the fighting game community as agreed upon by the f FGC event organizers, tournament organizers, online chat server coordinators, 
web platform providers, broadcasters, and other community leaders who who were calling uh, the backers. This code of conduct will be led by a group called the COC team tasked with creating, enforcing, and updating both this code of conduct and its own rules. 1.2 Application This code of conduct applies to and against all of the people we're calling the participants, including attendees, users, players, tournaments, and event organizers, staff, and volunteers, individual representatives of teams, sponsors, and advertisers. The backers and any um, anyone else who attends, operates, or uses any in-person or online event or space to run space run by any backers, which we're calling community spaces. So they've kind of created their own organization, in my opinion. If you're a backer, then you've adopted these rules. And if you run events or go through their chat servers, I'm assuming their discords, their YouTubes, whatever, these rules apply to you. Anyway, uh, 1.3 recommendations. The COC team will have the disciplinary process allowing it to receive, investigate, and make decisions regarding reports of violations of this code of conduct that will be known as recommendations which the COC team will then send to backers. The backers will encourage to follow these recommendations, but won't be required to. You, have, you know what this sounds like, right? No, what, what's, your, what's your take on it? Obi-Wan. Yeah, you're not wrong on that shit. Yeah, the one world by night who... Um, <laughs> oh, man. Just, just go look up One World by Night uh, horror stories because that's literally what it's going to lead to. This is That's what it is. This is Obi-Wan, but for fighting games. The thing is, is that Obi-Wan is an actual organization. Right. This sounds extracurricular to the things that already exist. Like this sounds like they're they're adding a, they're, they're adding rules to just general decorum in a community of loose confederated people who are just enjoying fighting games and probably are on like either Reddit uh, on like the, the, the Reddit boards for it or on some other form of social media. Right. This feels like a guideline that's being strapped onto the side of something that literally doesn't require it because the individual forums that it exists, that these things exist in already probably already have TOSs already in place with similar processes already set up. Mm -hmm. This is redundant. It sounds even more redundant as you keep going through. Yeah. 1.4, responsibility. This is where it gets good. All participants will be or will be personally responsible for familiarizing themselves with the code of conduct. The backers will be responsible uh, for promoting, promoting it and posting it in easily noticeable places, but this code of conduct will apply to all participants regardless of whether they've read it. Yeah. 1.5 minimum rules. This code of conduct will be considered the minimum standard rules for any community uh, community space. The backers may use additional third party rules and may make their own decisions regarding behavior taking place in targeting their community spaces in that uh, if they want. Then this is even more pointless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is this is so fucking pointless. 
All right, here we go. Here's the objectives. 2.1 objectives. This code of conduct is guided by the following intentions, which we're calling the objectives. One, uh, 2.1.1, inclusivity. The inclusivity objective states that the code of conduct is intended to make the FGC and the inclusive experience a safe and inclusive experience now and in the future in which everyone feels welcomed regardless of race, color, ethnicity, nationality, sex, sexual or romantic orientation, gender identity, religion, disability, neurodiversity, body size, pregnancy or maternity, citizenship or any other personal characteristics. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Was that enough for you? Because there's still more. <laughs> Dude, I'd be better served going in the bathroom and rubbing one out. That's how fucking much waste of time this whole experience is. <laughs> Keep going. I'm just getting angrier as we talk. Bring it on. Oh, man. 2.1.2 Integrity. The integrity objective states that this code of conduct is intended to maintain and build integrity in the FGC through consistent and diverse leadership fair tournament operations, and equitable community spaces. 2.1.3, authenticity. The authenticity objective states that the code of conduct is intended to pursue the above goals of inclusivity and integrity while preserving authenticity in the FGC's unique feel, exciting, fun, trash-talking spirit, and dedication to competition. Oh my fucking God! (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. This is a fucking circle jerk that someone put on paper. What the fuck was the point of this? 2.2 criteria. The the disciplinary process will be conducted with the following guidelines in mind, which we're calling the criteria. 2.2.1 objectives. The entire disciplinary action and recommendation process from intake to investigation to final decision will be informed and guided by the objectives. <laughs> uh. 2.2.2 location recommendations may be remain may be made regardless of where any violations take place, including not just the community space, but also in the venue areas, hotel rooms, private homes, bars and clubs, social media, public chat platforms and forums, other websites, and so on. However, due to potential privacy concerns, the COC team will not accept and will not make any decisions based on any private communication like text message or direct messages. 2.2.3. Time. (laughs) The COC team may take recommendations under the Code of Conduct for violations committed to by participants before the code of conduct was first adopted. As long as these vi- those violations are part of an ongoing pattern, which indicates that the participant is likely to engage in more violations in the future. Wait, did they just fucking set up a grandfather loophole situation where people who are already fucked over by other pro- uh, processes now get to get fucked over by this new one? That's fucking insane. Yeah, but remember, you can't do anything in your own social media. So if they find up... A- if they find a, a Twitter post from like 20 years ago, you're fucked. That's it. You're done. You're canceled, according to them. 2.2.4. Excuses. 
Violations will not be excused just because participants may have committed them under the influence of alcohol, drugs, or any altered state of mind. You do understand I'm going to rant when this is all over, right? Oh, 100%. I'm still going. (laughs) 2.2.5 standards. This code of conduct does not replace the legal system and cannot produce decisions as severe as those of the legal system. As a result, the disciplinary process should not and will not be bound by any by the standards of and processes that might apply in a court of law. Recommendations will be based on the, the COC team's reasonable understanding of the facts of each case. So if somebody doesn't like you, you're fucked. Uh, 2.2.6. Consistency. The disciplinary process and recommendations are intended to be consistent and foreseeable enough that participants should expect to face consequences for violations. That said, no two situations are the same and different cases may have different outcomes. No fucking shit. (laughs) 2.2.7. Conflicts of interest. When any person who should normally participate in the disciplinary process is confronted with a case involving any of their family members, close friends, romantic or sexual partners, or business partners, they will let the COC team know about the conflict of interest and withdraw themselves from any role in that case. Here's my question. Um, Oh, that's at the end. Okay. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Um, Section 3. Conduct. 3.1. List of violations. The violations of this code of conduct include 3.1.1. Engaging in assault, engaging in assault, battery, and physical harassment or abuse or any other physical contact with any other person without their consent. 3.1.2. Engaging in malicious bullying, baiting, trolling, or other non-physical harassment or abuse that rises to the level beyond commonly accepted FGC trash talking. So what's commonly accepted? 3.1.3. Using or threatening to use deadly or dangerous weapon except in reasonable defensive situations. Does this this code of conduct sound like um, if you break these, you're breaking the law? Because what? (laughs) 3.1.3. 3.1.4. Pestering or stalking any other person or otherwise not respecting any other person's reasonable desire to be left alone. 3.1.5. Taking photographs of or recording any other person without their consent or backer authorization. So... Every time I take a video in a main hall at a convention or take a photo with somebody, anybody walking by, I have to go find them and get their consent. <sighs> Engaging in discriminatory or hateful statements of, or behavior, including any uh, based on race, color, ethnicity, nationality, citizenship, sex, sexual or romantic orientation, gender identity, religion, disability, neurodiversity body size or any other personal characteristics well we're out because i've said retarded about a million times on this podcast um yes we're free 
<laughs> I'm banned and I didn't even start. Uh, 3.1.7. Intentionally outing any other person's sexual orientation, gender, or other identities without their uh, consent. So if you accidentally talk about somebody and uh, out somebody and don't realize it, um, you've, you've violated. Okay. Intentionally causing fear or distress in a malicious, maliciously abusing power over any other person. Um, I'm sorry, but if my opponents are afraid of me, then they can't play to their, to their top level, and I win that. Well, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, what's, what's fear? Like, are you just having to be, like, walking up behind them and, or just being menacing-looking? Menacing I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty nebulous, don't you think? A very nebulous. <laughs> Disclosing confidential information or media, doxing or sharing any personally identifiable information or violating any other person's reasonable uh, expectation of privacy. That is against the law. Intentionally. Look, it's another little shit. Yeah. Let's keep going because all I've been saying in the back of my head is no shit since you've been going on with this. Intentionally entering off-limit areas in community spaces. Uh, okay. Um, that's broad. Yeah. DDoSing, swatting, spreading malware, phishing, hacking into any other person's accounts or intentionally, reckless, recklessly, or negligently damaging, tampering with, or interfering with any other person's property, platform, equipment, or other possessions or network connection against the law. Scamming or engaging in fraud, in, impersonation, or defamatory statements or behavior against any other person. Again, against the law. Tampering with a tournament, fixing any match or bracket, colluding, entering multiple times in a single tournament, substituting or being substituted for any other player mid-tournament or without good faith permission from an organizer using disallowed game code exploits or any other unsportsmanlike conduct or Conduct that violates commonly accepted FGC tournament etiquette. Um, cheating, I would assume, would be yeah. against gaming laws. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, here we go. Stealing, misappropriating, mishandling, or misrepresenting the amounts or uses of entry fees, prize pots, hotel, or other lodging fees, viewer, viewer or other donations, or any other person's money. Um... So you can't buy your viewers on Twitch now. Um, and you can't... What? <laughs> and you can't lie about how many entrants you have. I don't know why you would want to do that. Okay, whatever. Uh, 3.1.15 goes back to episode 2 of Smells Bad. Creating a, a nuisance or hazard by neglecting personal hygiene refusing to or to take appropriate hygienic or medical precautions or engaging in or encouraging others to commit any hygienically or medically unsafe behavior. No fucking shit. <laughs> There's finally a rule for episode 2 smells bad. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Failing to abide by any applicable third-party rules. So now you are held to the third-party standard because this goes back to the third-party rules. 
So you break a rule that's not related to this for somebody else's organ organization, then you've automatically broken this one. So now you have to go through two, two different um, recommendation processes, I guess. Yeah, Advo I got a third party standard they can uphold too. Advocating for or encouraging being an accomplice to or threatening to engage in any potential violations. so mysterious well now i'm just gonna threaten i'm not gonna shower for a weekend so you're all fucked <laughs> evading <laughs> evading or attempting to evade any disciplinary action taken under this code of conduct 3.2 underaged participants any participant under the age of 16 must be accompanied by an adult guardian or when attending an in-person community space standards of behavior will be higher with higher with and or around anyone under the age of 18 meaning behavior that uh, may not otherwise amount to violations may be treated as violations if the target is under 18 anyone under the local age of majority will be deemed unable to consent including to sexual activity that is against the law. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Holy fuck. When we said we wanted people to bathe and that parents should be with their children at these conventions, this is not what we meant. All right. Other violations. List of violations isn't, exhaust isn't exhaustive. Any other behavior that goes against community accepted FGC standards or norms or any of the objectives may violate this code of conduct as well. So if it's not on the list and it's accepted, it's on the list. All right. Here's the structure. COC team. The COC team may organize itself as a non-for-profit or other legal entity. Okay, so now they're actually creating an organization. Membership. Membership in the COC team will include all of the backers as well as anyone else who accepts the COC team's invitation to join the committees the coc team will have eight committees the moderation committee the investigation committee the code of conduct committee the tool and record keeping committee the legal committee the inclusive inclusion and diversity committee the public relations committee and the collegiate committee i really wish what i knew what all those committees did because that would be fantastic but you didn't list it here Meetings. The COC team will have meetings from time to time to decide issues of structure and amendments. Updates. This code of conduct may be updated from time to time by the, the COC team to better serve the FGC, although any changes to it must remain in line with both the objective and commonly accepted FGC standards and norms. If the COC team ever does make decisions, the backers will try to notify participants of those changes, but the participants will still be solely responsible for making sure that they stay informed about and for abiding to the terms of this code of conduct. Oh, all right, last section. Five, section five, investigation, edu what? Adjudication and enforcement. I, for some reason, I could not read adjudication, and I was reading it as adjustment-cation. I have no idea what the hell is on with my mind. 
but it's adjudication. All right. Potential outcomes. Recommendations of penalties for violations of this code of conduct may include, but are not limited to warnings, refusal of entry to u- or use, disqualification, suspensions, bans, referrals to venue security or platform administrators, referrals to law enforcement or other authorities, community boycotts, and so on. Participants who engage in violations and are the focus of resulting recommendations may not be entitled to any refunds or repayments. If a backer is found to have committed violations, the COC team will release that information publicly and may expel the backer from the COC team. Investigation. The COC team and the backers have the ability to take in reports about the about and investigate a potential and alleged violation and will attempt to maintain confidently throughout confidentiality uh, throughout the disciplinary procedure. Adjudication. The COC team will have the power to make recommendations against any participant found to have committed violations. The backers will still have the power to take disciplinary action against the participants who have attended or used or might attend or use their community spaces. Enforcement. The backers will enforce disciplinary action in their own community spaces and code of conduct. Okay. And let's look at who's on this. Here is your ruling class of backers. Ruling class of backers. You you already lost me with That's ruling not- class. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what's on there. This is technically called the signatory roster, but this is by reading the COC. This is your ruling class. This is it. This these are the people that make the decision on you, period. Bullet uh, bulletproof with two CCs. Senin Phoenix from Houston, Texas. Oh, and they list their they list their other parts. Inclusion and diversity, moderation, tools and records. Core Jam, Northeast Ohio, USA, Collegiate. Difficult AI, Pullman, Washington. Eboy, Spain. Emu, CA, Cal- uh, California, USA. Evil Buho, okay. Pagure, Jester, Jupiter. Kashki Bald, well, I don't know. Kenstar, Mama Co, ESS, Marshall. So they used all their fucking M. M, just the letter M. Malode, who's apparently from Illinois. More cookies. Mr. Goo. Puppy Swarm. Queen of Sh- Queen Charlene. Seth. Shiburizu. Snake Eater. Snowy Moogle. Soul Flash. Huey. Ultra David. Ultra David is the name I was thinking about. Ultra David. That's the COC team members. Here's the backers. Uh, Abbey Street, A Lamo, Crispy, Cobra King, Contra, Count Chief, Club Soda, GDNALK, Hasting, Hellsap, Joe Mundane, Mickle. MQS, Nilly Boy, Overhaul, Percy, Ramen, Ramen Numerals, Rhino, Ryudo, Shogun 17, Solimon, 
the pirate king thy pirate king wakashi which which nick eczema dam okay from chicago whatever <laughs> yfd hippo zero loyalty zero sky zgmft whatever testament whatever uh, zgmf testament you couldn't even use the real fucking names <laughs> fucking put oh my god <laughs> so uh if you type in fgccoc.com this is where you can read this apparently they have an adopt they have a contact they have a document section which is where i just read from probably feedback news and the signatories um yep that is the fgc coc that they want everybody to uphold so uh thoughts there drew <laughs> uh i'm not getting that i'm not getting that 10 minutes back you do understand that was that 10 I minutes never... i think we were there in where i think we're in there for 20 why? Why you gotta? Why you gotta knock my little bubble? I, I I was trying to lie to myself that I didn't just lose twenty fucking minutes of my life watching, listening to somebody fucking read out shit that everyone has already fucking heard of. What is the fucking point of this list other than a self-aggrandizing fucking jerk off? I cannot imagine why anybody would go through the effort of compiling things that already fucking exist in the real world in various formats and in various forms. This is stupid. If your objective was just to compile it so that there was a, an existing list so people knew about it, I would say, okay, fine. But you have signatories. You have fucking backers for this. What the fuck is the point? Nobody needs a fucking committee for these things. This is so absolutely redundant. And the fact that the other things that you had already brought up are already existing laws in most fucking municipalities. What the fuck was the point here's, of this here's the here's the problem and here's where it gets political two things one the hygiene thing how the fuck are you going to tell somebody they have bad hygiene if they obviously they smell or whatever cool have a conversation with them it's you're not their job you're not their job they have no right to to you to take a shower that is on you you cannot tell somebody to go take a shower that right there is the bullying part that you do not want like, the problem with that is, is that in specific forums, you can have a dress code slash hygiene clause in those specific forums. If you go into a fucking fighting championship and you reek like garlic wrapped in skunk farts, they have a right to tell you to fucking leave. If you're just wandering around in real life and there's a conversation being had or you're in like a convention and just people talking about fighting game stuff in like a general area or a commons area, and you just walk up to somebody and tell them they reek of ass, then it becomes a bit more of a bullying scenario. But that's, if you're but using that's what they want people to do. Rules, even fucking Yu-Gi-Oh has a hygiene rule. So I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Oh, but okay. That's not the part that bothers me. The part that bothers me is you have a ruling committee um, who gets to tell you that you are not being inclusive enough based on one of these list of 20,000 fucking things in this list in one sentence, you say like one thing yeah. you can be brought up on charges. Now me saying yeah. retarded doesn't even allow me to be in this because apparently I'm prejudiced to fucking disabled people, even though that's not the intent. Like 
and that they can go they can comb through the your past violations or find violations from the past that's bullshit that is straight oh, bullshit i'm with you on so that is a fucking, that is a violation of privacy on the highest fucking level and even if it's right. public domain stuff like if you if the fact that you would have access to any of those things with an ongoing investigation or a closed investigation involving you in most cases most places don't make it public unless somebody else makes it public so there's a lot of really gray areas you're fucking kicking around well, on. The worst part is, is very careful of. The worst part is, is you can be brought on charges for shit that you said ten years ago. This is literally, literally cancel culture in one document. This is what this is. This is what this is. You're creating a cancel culture for the FGC, and by doing that, you're no longer included inclusive. Period. It, it's hard to argue with you. Like the the the, the paperwork's all all there. You, it's it, this is completely and utterly stupid. And moreover, in a lot of cases, with a lot of the rules that they have, the stuff that isn't just blatantly witch hunting is already in place for other fucking things. So all you've done is codified something that was already codified and put it in stone when it's already been set in fucking stone. Nobody asked you to right. etch a copy, okay? And nobody needs a fucking council to be able to cover that shit unless you are literally taking over for the ruling for the for the ruling bodies and judges that are already in place for a lot of these fucking activities. You cannot be an oversight to the oversight. This isn't a watcher who watches the Watchmen scenario. This is stupid. This is fucking this. This feels overly symbolic. Because they saw what happened in fucking in the summertime and felt they, the, 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 the people who were in the higher ups, whatever the fuck that means, thought that they needed to go and say something. Because if they didn't, maybe they thought someone was going to was going to bitch about it because, oh, well, nobody in the FGC was going to do anything about it. It's not their fucking place. Here's I'm sorry. Here's the problem. And I maybe not me personally have lived through this, but. We've both played in Obi-Wan. Now, Obi-Wan stands One World by Night. It is a Vampire the Masquerade LARP, uh, Werewolf LARP. They do all the One World by Night stuff um, that was published. And they are an organization. You pay $5 to go and play at a location, and you are part of this organization. This organization has rules like this. Here's the problem. There have been multiple people that I've known or read about on forums that have been brought up on false charges. Now, those false charges are like allegations of sexual or like touching someone inappropriately or um, underage sex stuff that should have been brought to the law that the victims didn't go to the law for, but they went to this ruling body for. This is what you're going to have here, because if these people all of a sudden make a decision and they say they, they can report to the police on shit that you can't even defend yourself on because three or four people have made false claims on you. Now what? Now what happens? You're banned from this organization, and now you're a pariah to the rest of the FGC that was running events not followed by this. F, not followed by this. Your name will get thrown in the mud. So that's creating liability for them because now those people turn around and they come after them. There's no money involved in them. So who do you go after? They're not an organization. Do you go after all those backers? Are all those backers willing to take the liability of someone coming and suing them for false allegations that they made penalties on? I'm going to say I'm going to go no, because 
this all feels extremely symbolic regardless. And if you look at the wording and the fucking legalese being thrown around, everything is fucking optional. Enforcement of these rules is optional to the venues in which that they are being presented. Mm-hmm. If and everything is posted as a suggestion, well, no shit, because in most cases, the shit that you're already purporting already exists in one form or another in the in the letter of the law or in the bylaws based in these fucking contests. Right. What the fuck have you brought to the table other than the same fucking shit that's already there in the first place? Here's here what happens, and this isn't this isn't just for main venues. This is for like online streaming in those communities. So now what happens if one of those community members is like, hey, listen to the Angry Wargamer podcast, okay? Now somebody in there, one of the backers gets offended by some of the shit we say because we're talking pretty mean shit about them right now, to be honest, because I think it's fucking stupid. It's just plain stupid. And they they listen to something that we said, and they get offended by it. Now all of a sudden, the Angry Wargamer podcast is going to get shit on because of them. Here's the problem. If we don't agree to these, and then all other major like venues or platforms do agree to them, then we're on the outside. You see what I'm saying? Like you're putting, you're putting organizations and people into like streamers and stuff like that into a position that they don't need to be in because they were doing just fine before you fucking showed up. Right. You've added an extra echelon of oversight that wasn't necessary in the first fucking place. One and two, you're not capable of backing it in a in a financial and litigious way. Well, Ultra Dave's a lawyer, so I'm assuming Ultra Dave would handle any legal shit. Well, that's on him then. So he's taken up. He he has effectively picked up the gauntlet. So any problems now are going to be put put to him then. Uh, that's my statement on this, just based on what I'm hearing. Someone can can someone can dispute this if they want. Or if there's further information that they're clearly not putting out there for people to fucking know about, because if you went through this much legal, you know, legal bullshit just to make sure that people knew about shit that they probably already know about, because anybody with even one or two fucking evos under their belt knows you don't touch other people if they don't ask, if they don't want you to, and don't fucking anybody, don't deal with underage nonsense. Anybody that's this been is to pretty con- fucking common sense. Anybody that's been to a convention knows don't fucking touch people if they don't want to be touched. Right, and, and unless here's they're, the, unless they're here's the a, problem a, is that where they, where they don't know personal space. Right, this is just common sense shit. Right, but here's here's the point. They've listed a whole bunch of stuff, right? And they've listed their enforcement pile, the policy, how they're gonna how they're gonna come to judgment, how they're gonna like, and the investigation, like they're gonna start an investigation and keep reports and stuff. They don't tell you how they're doing it. They don't tell you the process behind it. And they don't tell you, like, the full process. They just say disciplinary procedure. What's the disciplinary procedure? What is it? Well, List if, it out. Well, if you go back into the rules, they say it's going to be on a case-by-case basis and different. That doesn't tell me what you're doing. Right. That doesn't tell me your procedures, and moreover. And two, do you even have the fucking authority to go in to these venues and be able to exercise that authority? Do they recognize your authority? Well, because that's the if problem. They're tournament organizer, but in the, especially in the, of any kind of stripe. I wouldn't even waste my fucking time with you. But in the beginning part of this uh, part of this whole thing, they've actually they're like begging people to adopt it. They're, they're literally saying, "Well, you can adopt this, and then you can still have your own rules on top of it." And then they roll the third party rules back into this. 
Like that, dude. It blows my mind. If you're okay, so let, let, let's look at this from a ground point, from a grassroots point. If your objective is to create a universal set of rules that is going to be used across both all, uh, both streaming, social media, and fucking tournaments, and you're just doing it to codify them so people are aware of them, that is completely different than you trying to create an authoritarian body to oversee further disciplinary action on top of the shit that already exists, one, in legal documentation already, and two, probably already exists in the documentation for these different conventions and tournaments. This is stupidly redundant. This is, I, I, I'm running out of patience gonna, because it's just, it's the same shit over and over again. The superfluousness is fucking mind, mind melting. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just getting angrier as we talk about this because it's just like, well, we want you to adopt it. No. Thank you for, thank you for codifying shit that people should already know and putting out, putting out stuff that we should be concerned about because you're literally using it as a way to witch hunt people. I appreciate you being able to get, get put that out for everyone to see. Otherwise, this is fucking stupid. Do you want? Do you want to go through the uh, Evo rules? If, oh, if look! You want to hold do on. It just to parallel Reporting, what's, what's already existing. Hold go on. For it. Evo actually went through the process on how to report a violation. This one doesn't even have a report to violation, and then they say what the process is they go through the process and give examples of said process uh. reporting rule violation reporting equipment failure rule enforcement and disqualification according to the judges right evo championship code of conduct one be excellent to each other we want an event and to want the event to be an excellent experience for everyone, regardless of gender, identity, expression, sexual orientation, disabilities, neurodiversity, physical appearance, body size, ethnicity, nationality, race, age, religion, or other protected category. This is literally the words you used. These are already rules for this. Each, if this was a and if each this of us, a goddamn book report, your teacher would have already yelled at you for plagiarism. Right. And each of us have the right to enjoy our experiences without fear of harassment, discrimination, uh, condescension, whether blatant or via microaggressions. This is, these, these are in the Evo Championship Series Code of Conduct. You've done nothing but redo the Code of Conduct. The only thing you added is people smelling. And hygiene. That's that's all you've added to this process, and you're trying to get a governing, a third party governing body from outside the event who already has your rules in place. You stole. You basically took their rules and added like two. This is why this kind of shit doesn't. This need this policy extends to forums, panels. Social media, parties, hallway conventions, all attendee, all attendees, partners, sponsors, volunteers. You've literally taken it from the Evo fucking rules. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, no, they're not kidding you because they're fucking doing it. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. This is, this is, again, 
we're, this, this we're, is what we I keep circling back. Oh my god! Why did I do this to myself? I saw this and I got into this thing. Like, oh, why? Why did I do this to myself? I I should have just waited and listened to the fucking FGC Hollywood podcast on what their opinion was, since they actually had access to one of the backers who's who they were able to ask questions to. Who knows if they got back to them? But motherfuckers, <laughs> are you kidding me? You're you're literally creating Obi Wan in the FGC, and we see how well Obi Wan is doing. <clears throat> Again, I, I think I, I've I've worn out my my uh, my rage, and I'm just at the point where it's just like <laughs> exhausted. I don't, I, I don't. I'm just fucking mentally <laughs> irritated and exhausted at this point. I don't. I don't see a reason to further give this any more credence because I feel like we fluffed its nuts too much already. <sighs> well, we have. It's it. We've. Oh my god, this is so annoying. It really isn't. Okay, so after all of our ranting and everything. Just to let you know, we fall into the majority right now. The majority of Twitter and people of the FGC have dragged them through the mud. So we're we're in the majority, and people are actually laughing at them for trying to do this. This is how laughable this has become, and how irritating and stupid it is. Because if the entire community has gone, you're all idiots, maybe you fucked up. Maybe this is a project you shouldn't have taken on, and if you did take it on, it should have been a hell of a lot different than the fucking Code of Conduct from EVO, one of the biggest fucking tournaments you all go to. And I I guarantee I take those EVO rules, and I go to Combo Breaker, and they're copy-pasted. I guarantee those fucking rules are the same. Oh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even waste my money on that bet. I, I guarantee, I, I'm with you on that, and guaranteeing it's the same shit. Same shit, different smell, deeper pile. That's literally what this fucking it, it, this legalese bullshit is. Yeah. And and uh, I just I, I just can't with this shit. Yep. If your yep. objective was to was to get the angry part going for your angry angry podcast, I am fucking <laughs> all over that shit. It's just so. Well, that's why I saw, I saw it, and I was like, dude, we have to talk about this, because this is fucking retarded. This is straight up retarded. Oh, my mind is so full of fuck. How many, like, how many all times... Right. Just be decent fucking people to each other. You're all there to play a fucking video game. And if you if you if you want to wander outside of your clique, treat each other, like, with fucking respect. Don't, like, if you want to be a dick, and you're being a dick to your friends, and that's how your friends act around each other, fine. But don't be if a stranger comes up to you, you don't like that's basically it. If you if you stay in your own clique, you have no problems. You will never have a problem. You wander outside your clique and you become a dickbag. That's on you, buddy. Then you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, look, hear that? It's a sound of nobody fucking arguing with you. Yeah. And that's literally the case with this. It's like, hey, just just don't be stupid. Well, thank you. Here, you should back this and make it a make it a, a rule. Well, it's already a rule. Well, now we have more oversight attached to it. I, I don't think that's necessary. And I think what you're doing is, I, I think again, I think this is a reactionary response to what happened during last summer. I think that that, that oh, there was a larger grouping of higher end streamers and fucking FGC people who all got together and just decided like. If we don't say something, somebody's going to say that we didn't do enough with the situation. It's reactionary. Do I understand what the, where their heart is in it? Absolutely. 
Is it necessary? No. You know what would be more effective? If you took all of that legalese bullshit and you went to these different tournaments and you went to these different areas and you talked with the people who are running the, the rules and the enforcement and stuff and just confirmed that that kind of stuff is being enforced correctly. That kind of oversight, I'm okay with. But how many you times... You to create a tertiary outside group who is going to be a triumvirate for people who've already been dragged through whatever fucking process is already in place at these places, you're just adding another layer of stupidity to an already bro an already bad situation that isn't necessary. Right, but how many how many times have we told people, if you see something, say something. The communities need to police themselves. Period. It, it, the, the problem is, okay, here's where you and I are going to diverge. My issue is you have disparate age brackets in a lot of these tournaments. You have disparate uh, temperaments in a lot of these tournaments. Everybody has their own attitude when it comes to this sort of thing. So whatever some one person might think is no big deal might not be that case for other people. And because you have potentially you know, underage kids who are like 15 and 16 who are doing this kind of stuff, there does there, there are situations where somebody just doesn't realize what's happening. So the, then and you have a conversation. Then you have a conversation and then you're policing them. I'm not saying go up into somebody's face and like fucking bombard them and, you know, fucking berate them. I'm, if you see something, step in, maybe try to figure out what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to just ignore it and let it happen type thing. Like if someone's being a dick bag to someone, step in and be like, hey, what's up, man? What, what's going on? That would be you and me, but that's not the majority of people. I mean, this is this is not, this is well beyond FGC stuff. Like, th th it's already been statistically proven that people, if they see a crime happening, will generally not re call call the cops or intervene in any meaningful way because they don't want to fuck their own day up doing it. If it's a minor infraction at a fucking tournament, do you think anybody's going to give a fuck if they uh, that to actually get up and say something unless they were already bidden to do something to that in the first place? Like they're more responsible. How often are you going to have that those kind of people in those tournaments? Like I actually want to have my buddy uh, uh, fucking uh, said I want him to come in because I want him to kind of talk through this shit and because I honestly would love to hear his spin on this because he's always in the FGC stuff. Like he's at Evo every year. So I want to yeah. know from his perspective on this. So I might see if I might reach out to him and see if he wants to uh, join us on a cast one weekend. Cause yeah, I know he does streaming on the weekend. So yeah, no, that's fine. His name is, his name is Bearsona. So I, I'll reach out to him and see if he wants to join us. Cause I mean, that to get a better idea of what the hell's going on, because like, here's the other thing you have to create an environment where a victim feels safe to say something because that's where a lot of the problems come from is that people do not feel safe in saying something's happened to them. So you have to create an environment where victims feel safe. Like that's what you have to do. And the stepping in thing only, only makes it easier for people to come forward to be like, Hey, obviously someone else saw something wrong happening and they stepped in. So in my opinion, the community needs to do better as far as paying attention and being able to hear the victims and, and giving them the space to to say their side as opposed to just letting it happen and then figuring it out months from now and then everybody piling on top of them. You see what I'm saying? Because like the oh, this person did this to me and I didn't realize that like 
you should like you should be able to feel safe when you go to these things. And I get it. There's people that aren't going to make you feel safe, but that's that's up to the tournament organizers, and that's up to the community to provide a safe space for people to feel comfortable in. And that's the problem: is that this is not helping it. This is not going to help it. You're all you're doing is when the shit hits the fan, you're creating a second layer to stuff that's already happened. You need to catch it as it happens or right then and there right after it happens. You need to you need to put more pressure on the people in these areas to stand up for themselves or stand up for their friends and cut the bullshit out. Like that's it. That you don't need you don't need 10,000 people offering discipline cuz especially with shit that's illegal. Like if someone's inappropriately touching somebody, call the fucking cops. Like you don't need a tournament to tell you that's fucking wrong. Half the shit on that list was illegal. Right. Exactly. So, I, I, like, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm done with this. We beat this yeah. fucking horse. There's <laughs> nothing, no life left in it. Let's move the fuck on before my fucking the, the vein in my head ruptures. All right. Well, you can talk about this next one because you were trying to explain it to me and I didn't kind of understand it. Really, <laughs> the pushback against shipping in popular media. All right. So. I'm sure I'm going to catch hell for this. I know Jay. I know your the people you talk to who were giving you commentary don't want you to over-explain a lot of pop culture references, but like you didn't even know what sh- what shipping was. So shipping, if anybody doesn't know, is shortened from relationships. And I, I, yeah, it sounds pretty obvious when you put it on paper, but it has more to do with creating uh, fantasy relationships of different characters. Uh, people and uh, pop culture icons for whatever reason for, for your own personal fantasy as it were think fan fiction but it's a little bit more it's a little bit more compartmentalized and it happens a lot in greater fandoms i'm pretty sure steven steven universe had it that's always going to be my go-to for that stuff yeah i think steven, steven universe actually has a uh, lot of it so yeah there's a bunch of fantasy like Think of think back to the if if you need a reference point, how that you know people probably were shipping you know celebrities. It's kind of gotten to the point where it's gotten ridiculous and it's starting to make people uncomfortable. Uh, a, a relatively famous YouTuber, Jack Septicai, has finally started pushing back against those particular situations because he keeps getting sh- the ships that he keeps getting. I don't know if it's the reason why he's irritated, but it's just making him uncomfortable in general. He gets shipped with Markiplier a lot, which, again, is really awkward. What ends up happening with a lot of these groups, though, is... Like they're, they're, saying, they're, like they're but, saying they're together type thing? Is that the... Or trying yeah. to get them to get together? It's not real, though. It's a oh. fantasy thing. They usually create an associated art with it where they're, like, kissing See, or... I have, I have a problem with... I have, I have a problem with what I was just saying where they have... Um, where they try to like they find out the person's single and then they find another single person and then they try to get those two people to be together but they have like nothing in common well that also is part of it too and that can happen in that regard because when you do have that situation people tend to try and bleed it into real life so you're not wrong in that regard but as far as the, the, the the general concepts concerned it makes people feel uncomfortable overall and what ends up happening is you have massive backlash from these groups 
against the people who are saying, I don't feel comfortable with you doing this. If uh, here, here's the basic premise, uh, rule 34, but you're pairing off people. Does that make more sense? I don't know. Rule 34 is fucking. <laughs> fucking damn it. Hold on. I'll look I, it up. <laughs> no, no, I've got it. Rule 34. Uh, everything. There's pornography of everything for every for everyone. Gotcha. As far as fantasy characters are concerned. Parody porn. From like the like also- the. Like the Pokemon parody porn that looks like it has a fucking monster Pikachu in it. <laughs> it more has to do with art than actual moving cinema, but you're not far off. Okay. It, it, it's it's usually a think of it's deviant art. Do you know what deviant art yes. is? For the love of God. Yes. Tell me you know what I know what is. that is. Yes. Fantastic. Deviant art is a breeding ground for Rule Thirty Four. Rule Thirty Four, by extension, has a sub has god god awful amounts of subgroups. One of them is, involves shipping tends to have a lot of art involving fantasy characters being paired off by the fan community. They are not legitimate pair-offs in whatever fantasy narrative that they're put in, unless for some weird reason the creators decide to do it. In a lot of cases, that that, that can happen. Usually it's because of public outcry that it does happen. Why the fuck you would give in to the fans on stupid shit like that? I don't know. I don't care. If you're really that close with your fans, fantastic. If you're not and you're letting them dictate how you're writing your story, then you're not writing your story anymore. You should probably stop. Anyway, <laughs> so, 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 so Jack actually went and, and, and fucking pushed back against this because he's like, okay, this is getting uncomfortable, people. I, I don't need you to make weird fucking pair-offs, and I don't need to know that know and or see that you made rule 34 like pornography of it of me and other youtubers in various compromising positions that aren't just hugging and kissing which in and of itself would make people uncomfortable and what ends up happening is you have this weird backlash from them going oh well you're you're homophobic and you're transphobic and it's just like no this goes back to the I don't feel comfortable with what you're doing. You're kind of breaching my personal space with what you're doing in one way or another, because now I have to go and see these fucking people. And we both have to look each other in the eyes and go, well, there's fucking porn of us together. That That's a thing that exists now. Again, you can't stop porn and you can't stop pictures from being made. I get it. I'm aware of the, how the internet functions in that regard. Unlike my friend Jason here, who doesn't even know what rule 34 is. And the oldest goddamn you, all you had to say, all you had to use. say is the internet's for porn, and I would have immediately known what the fuck you were talking about. Because all I all I all I have running in my head right now is the video of World of Warcraft with the internet is for porn song behind it. You're not, <laughs> you're not wrong, but it's so much, but it's more nuanced than that. Okay, yeah. If, the, the rule thirty four is this, but there will there is there is a porn version of everything in it, the, everything in pop culture media. If a new movie comes out, there will be porn of it. If there is a fucking cartoon, I'm sure there's fucking porn of it already being made in one format or another once people have seen the stills for the fucking animation. Okay, well, I want to... I want to say right now, I want to plead with the community, do not make us pop culture for the love of fucking God. Because if I find my fat ass cartoonized somewhere pumping some fucking cactus. I swear to God, I'm coming after you motherfuckers. 
you would be better served tilting at windmills, you Don Quixote fuck. <laughs> the internet, while entertaining, would be a waste of your energy and mine. <laughs> All right, just don't send it to us. If you're going to do it, don't let us know. I don't care anymore. <laughs> you have fucked yourself over with every word that you've just said, and I can't wait for your inbox to be filled with the smuttiest smut that ever uh, been smutted. I literally just said to somebody, nobody listens to us. <laughs> Even though I like, I, I'm I'm not 100 convinced. Like actual people listen to our show. No one's actually commented on things other than like a few people. <laughs> hey, hey! If those Russian bots are enjoying our our content, then so much the fucking better. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at it. That's how I see it. I'm not going to fucking uh, argue with it. So these communities, these communities are coming after the creators, and the creators are like, just leave us the fuck alone now, basically. Well, they're coming after the people who are being. Porno, porno, pornified. For whatever why, you call though? It. Like, what's and, the reason? And, and because they're they're not comfortable with being pornified. Dude, okay, not everybody's gonna want to sit there and look at them getting their get, getting their ass smacked by another YouTuber. Right. Nobody That's their right. right mind wants feel, wants Felix Shelbert to give them a reach around. Mm. Nobody wants PewDiePie to give him the give him the stink eye. Nobody. I'm sorry. I agree. I can agree with this. I mean, if there's a fa- person with that fantasy, I'm not kink shaming you. Well, not directly, um, but like that—that's that's your thing. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. Keep it in your own fucking microcosm or own little your own little fucking safety bubble. Not everybody needs to see it, and certainly the certainly the people that you are making porn of need to see it. They have no <laughs> need to fucking see it. If you go up to Danny DeVito and you have Danny DeVito fucking porn pictures that you have made and you want him to sign it first of all he might do that because he's danny devito but if he's uncomfortable with that and has the security people throw your ass out of the building that's an ass whooping you gotta take agreed agreed just gonna put that out there and it look with fantasy characters it's completely different because these people these things don't exist in real life so 2d 2d sprites that you turn into over sexualized fucking nightmares that you you, you want to have a wank to that's that's on you i i'm i do not judge people for what they fucking what they slap their salamis and you know you know soak their walls to that is clearly on them this is going to be very rated r today i just realized as i keep talking <laughs> anyway i was gonna let you keep going and see how far we could bury you before i started getting weird pictures in the inbox <laughs> I'm fine with that. I am absolutely okay with everything about this. If Orlando was here, he would be fucking beat red and you know it. Shit, I fucking post them onto the fucking Facebook page. I don't give a fuck. If we get banned, we get banned. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't don't get us banned. I swear to God, don't get us banned. Send it, send, it in a, send it in a message and we'll talk about it. And maybe I'll get a website going and we'll put it up on a website somewhere. <laughs> oh, for the love of God. Uh, they're, they're, again, it's a nuanced situation, but if people aren't comfortable and you're being and you're backlashing against them for their general discomfort, I mean, you're you're already bullying people who shouldn't have to be bullied for your choices. Oh, Keep I agree. that shit yourself. If you feel it's necessary to bring it up to them, try and make a fucking tasteful version of it, please. Or don't give it to them at all. Yeah, see, again, we don't have, have a... nothing nice to say to people or present to them in that case. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. How is this difficult? I mean, Why if you're, you're going to start with us, if you're going to start, yeah, if you're going to start doing it to us right now, uh, there's no limits because we don't know what the limits are because we don't know what the fuck's going on. 
So until you make us feel uncomfortable, I guess everything's on the table. <laughs> hey, thanks for setting the bar so fucking high. Well, what the fuck, man? <laughs> maybe I need maybe I need to become a victim in this situation so I know how they feel. But honestly, like I I'm other than other than like the people don't like it, stop pushing it. <laughs> like I'm pretty indifferent about it, I guess. I don't know. It's fine, and I'm glad that you are indifferent. But in the regards to that, again, it's it's just a, it, it, I'm bringing it up because it's something that I was listening to over the week, and I thought about it, and I'm like, this kind of feeds into the fact that fandoms in general are just toxic fucking waste dumps that have never really been reined in by by the by 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 the uh, by the administrators of the this, the different boards that exist. They just kind of are left left to wander in, you know wander into the fields and light it aflame. And I think at the end of the day, this kind of brings light to the fact that just when you hit to, when you've gotten to a point where fucking Jack Septicai, a man who seems like the most laid back Irishman, which feels like an oxymoron in the, uh, on its face, has basically said, I, I'm not comfortable with what you're doing. This is really fucking awkward. That That's, <laughs> That's fucking that's a that's a goddamn bellwether for you to be like, oh, maybe I should take this and leave it in the fucking naughty place and not bring it out into the light of day where it might catch fire for being unholy and nightmarish. <laughs> you know, so uh, kind of going along these lines, I was following a guy on TikTok until he started to actually form a small dick club. And I was like, OK, that's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I kid you not. This dude's like, yeah, I have a small dick, and uh, this is really hard for me to talk about. And in a 60-second video, and then I was like, oh, God. I'm like, how did I follow you in the first place? <laughs> and then and then his next video, like, the next day was like, yeah, I talked to my wife, and, you know, other people are suffering from small dicks, and I think we should really start uh, a community around small dicks. And I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about where you step the fuck out of there. I can't believe you made it that far in where you're just like, oh, fuck. It was like two videos. I was like, how the fuck did you end up? How did I end up following you? Like, what the fuck? You're also talking to somebody who's managed to fucking run screaming diagonally through the fucking, uh, the different uh, subject matters of TikTok inadvertently. Like I'd made no (laughs) attempt to do this on purpose. I've just apparently acquired different uh, mutuals across the board who cover various different uh, subject matters uh, as it were. And it's just like, wow, I, I'm part of the D and D group. I'm part of, uh, I, I'm, I'm witnessing stuff happening in the LGBT group, which is kind of cool. Uh, why, why, why am I part of a, why do I get to see stuff about gorillas being pornified? Fuck what? A, no, no, no. <laughs> and I've just kind of you know, stumbled in that way. But I started, at, at the end so of the day, I, I don't know how I ended up doing this, but I stumbled, I, I followed a girl for Warhammer content and she was actually making decent Warhammer content. And then like all of a sudden out of nowhere, like five or six videos in a row, we're talking about how she's trans. And I was like, how did I end up on like fucking anti-trans TikTok or whatever? Like what the fuck just happened right now? So like, like a whole bunch of people I followed were, were following her. were commenting like, how did, like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, why all of a sudden are you getting so much shit for this when all you, we were doing was talking about plastic figures? Like, how the fuck did this happen? So, I don't know. Oh, uh, people, dude, dude, people are finicky creatures 
and we've all been in COVID lockdown for almost a fucking year. Can you yeah. really say that that, that that wasn't a byproduct of people just being irritated and just lashing out randomly? I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to give it credence, true. but at the same time, if you want a reason, it's pretty blatant at this point. Yeah. Um... Not that this hasn't gone completely screaming off the rails into a <laughs> ravine because this whole fucking podcast has been that, which is fine. I'm enjoying myself, but at the yeah. same time, eventually we have to hit the water, I think right maybe i don't fuck no we're just gonna we're just gonna float on to the next thing all right so so i've got two more topics that i wanted to talk about one of them um was capcom's video policy which we could hold for another time or we could talk about call time again because there's more spoilers (laughs) and uh what are we in right now Let's do the Capcom policy because you were talking about that and I completely forgot about it. So let's do that shit. Bring it. Yeah, it's another. Yeah, another another more policy reading. Do you guys? This is the. Oh, this no. is. <laughs> Not shell that shit. I don't want to hear this all read uh, out like you're, like like you're reading a fucking teleprompter. Well, Give I us a nutshell of what they're trying time. to do here. <sighs> so anyway, um, they're basically doing the Nintendo thing, but not the Nintendo thing. So, um they you can they do not want you sharing footage of games um unless you're doing like voiceover or um so hold on game footage posted on hold on let let me read the first two at least so you may you may make walkthroughs tutorials let's plays speed runs Reviews, reactions, instructionals, and other uh, commentary-style videos using our footage to be shared on YouTube, Twitch, your website, or other video streaming sites. Uh, The associated step-by-step commentary should be tied into the live gameplay being shown and should provide instructional or educational value. You should not share game footage online without adding your own video or content unless the game console or device permits sharing of game uh, of game footage you may not split your game content into components visual vocal in-game elements so basically don't like split up their their music and shit Uh, and then do not use fan content that's what they're saying um and then for monetization we would we do not allow Capcom content or other materials uh, to be used to make money or to gain any other financial benefit except through permissible monetization uh, described below. You may monetize through partnership programs and or advertising from YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, or other video sharing services, collecting voluntary contributions such as through Super Chat or YouTube or and bits on Twitch. Uh, is permitted as long as your video is available for free to the public on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. So you basically can't charge someone to watch your content. So removing Patreon, basically. Okay. Yeah. That's basically Capcom. It's the Nintendo thing. Basically, uh, if we don't like what you're doing, then we'll take it away from you. Um... If you say illegal stuff, racist, sexist, prejudice, uh, prejudicial or to sexual orientation, sexual explicit, um, disparaging, promotes hate crime or otherwise offensive is not tolerated. And everything will be used on a case by case basis, obviously. No, you, no showing off hacks, cheats. Um, 
think what else oh and you can't they don't want you showing leaked content so that's it's nintendo's policy basically we've lived through this for how long yeah that's this all this all feels pretty pretty uh standard stock standard yeah well especially coming from us because like like i said nintendo's notorious for taking down like their music and shit and you can join a partner program but they're literally saying you can monetize it but you have to make it free and you can only collect from advertising basically and you can't uh so like if you're doing patreon videos you basically cannot do capcom videos for patreon you have to do them free to the public Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. And they can DCMA you for their music. That's all. <laughs> That's the Capcom policy. So if uh, Street Fighter Five, Capcom beat em ups, you want to stream some stuff, you can stream it. You just have to be able to make it free to the public and do not do anything that they don't like. That's all. Uh, they released another Planeswalker, didn't they? No, they just put out the basic version of him. Okay, let's, well, I, let's finish off the show with MTG, because that's what I really want to talk about. <laughs> Go crazy, man. I'm ready. There's really nothing crazy. I mean, they they literally released. I don't know. Is it they didn't release the rest of it, did they? There's still 35 cards left in the spoil. By the end of the week, that the whole set should be completely spoiled, which makes perfect sense because next week is the pre-release, and then the following week is the official release. So that all actually works out. And I'm not saying next week isn't next week. I'm talking about the following, following week. Following so. week, right? Yeah. Um, the only there's a couple of cool cards in here. So one. Uh, I don't think we saw last time was the death touch shenanigan bullshit in the uncommon. Finn, yeah, Finn the Fang Bearer. Yeah, Finn Finn the Fang Bearer. Um, one green, one colorless death touch. Whenever a creature you control with death touch deals combat damage, it gives the player two poison tokens. Poison is back, and I hated poison, so. This literally just forces you to block death touch creatures and it comes in green. So it looks like green black is going to be a very big combo this time around. Oh, dude, you can do mono green with that. And uh, with the new Vorinclex that comes out in this set, that uh, anytime you put a counter on a creature or a player or a permanent, uh, double the amount. That's four poison counters for each swing. Now. Yeah. So, and that's only and if they don't block the death touch. Yeah. Yeah, that's only if they don't block the death touch. They did add, um, oh, where's the dragon? This dragon is cool as fuck. Here it is. Two colorless, black, red, uh, flying. Whenever, what is it? A Merstrom Predator. He's a vampire dragon. <laughs> That's cool as fuck, in my opinion. Uh, whenever he is becomes tapped, exile up to one target card from your graveyard and put a 1-1 counter on him. Sacrifice any num uh, another creature, uh, and he gains indestructible until the end of turn. 
and then tap it. He's a four drop. That's a three three, but he can get real beefy real fast. Yep, and that indestructible ain't nothing to joke about. There's a lot of creatures now that are coming out with like an indestructible butt tap yeah. effect. And it just reminds me of Regenerate from the old days, because that's the same pretty much concept. It's like, hey, your, your creature thing was dealt lethal damage. Well, remove it from combat, tap it, and it doesn't die. Okay, right. so it's just indestructible with less steps. Or more steps. More would, steps, would yeah. The- Which is funny because it, it plays with the black color. So, you know, there's graveyard shenanigans like and and it runs with burn like it's going to be a pretty beefy like thing, in my opinion. No, Um, no doubt. I'm excited. What else? Yeah, dude, I was like when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, vampire dragon. All right. All right. I see you. (laughs) Uh, What else did they release? I think that's really it. Any new Um, lands? There's a a Selesnya colored, a green, white colored legendary that was spoiled either today or yesterday that uh, has a built-in uh, anthem effect. And whenever you play a land, you get a, you get a one, one soldier token out of it. That's pretty fucking cool. Green white. You say, I do say, uh, Maja, Man, the protector. Too. Yeah, there she is. Human warrior. Another creature you control gets plus one, plus one. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a one, one white human token, uh, human warrior creature token not bad there's landfall too still in this set isn't there it's not called landfall but there are land-based effects that are part of it they want to keep they when they have like traits like that they want to keep them to the specific set so gotcha. landfall will only ever appear in the zendikar set but you can still have land-based effects that happen outside of it it's fucking stupid so the Maskwood Nexus, I see a lot of people trying to combo with. Um, creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for the creature spells you control and the creature cards you own uh, that aren't on the battlefield. So you put that with, I think, a shapeshifter. There's a commander thing where you can literally deck yourself and have every creature onto the on the field. Because you can make them all gods, or even in this set, make them all gods. Where's the shapeshifter? He's blue, I think. Where is he at? You know what? I haven't actually looked at what the box, what the uh, bio box promo is for this set. Probably do that. Is there even one? Yeah. Also, all uh, anything that anything that has a standard release. And even some things outside of it, anything that has a booster box has a buy a box promo. Is there there's a shapeshifter in this one, isn't there? Or am I thinking of a commander card? Oh, dude, there are tons of shapeshifters in this set. Uh, No, you know what? I'm thinking of it's a commander card because it deals with the legendary rule. It avoids the legendary rule. Okay, so the uh, buy a box promo is Realm Walker, which is two, which is a three cost changeling shapeshifter. As uh, Realm Walker enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. Uh, you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library, and it's a two three creature. So oh yeah, that's so actually good. Realm Walker with the um, Maskwood Nexus. You just choose what uh, any you pick a creature type, and all those creatures are all the same creature type. 
and you can just cast it. You just cast them off the top of your deck at any time. Yep, should be exciting. Ooh, Nelly, this set is going to be fun. I noticed there's a lot of expensive cards, so I th I'm wondering if they're doing trying to slow the game down again by putting higher casting cost and um, more enter the battlefield when tapped type things. Oh, here it is. Yeah, as Bloodline um, Pretender enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever another creature that you control, or whenever a creature of the chosen type enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Bloodline Pretender. So, Jesus, fuck. So, Nexus Wood, or Maskwood Nexus, is a 4-drop artifact that makes everything in your deck the same creature type. Bloodline Pretender becomes 1-1. It gets a 1-1 counter on it every time you cast a creature of that creature type. And everything is the same creature type because Maskwood Nexus says that is so. So all you have to choose is choose a creature type. And then the Realm Walker allows you to cast them all off the top of your deck. Sounds like a fun interaction. Ooh, what does Pyre of Heroes do? Oh, yeah. Even better. Pyre of Heroes. Sacrifice a creature. Search your library for the creature card that shares a creature type with that sacrificed creature of the converted mana cost equal to one plus the creature's converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library. Activate this ability anytime you can cast a sorcery. So not only can you cast off the top of your library, but with Pyre of Heroes, you can just cast it straight from your deck. That sounds fun. Dude, what the fuck is going on right now? All right. <laughs> Did I just change my color to green? <laughs> well, nothing's stopping you from doing both, right? I mean, you could, I could technically still play Angels with the Maskwood Nexus Pyre of Heroes and Bloodline Pretenders. Put them all in. Everything's an angel now. Pick your color. Do whatever you want. But, well, I mean, those three are artifacts. I would want one of those for my fucking um, angel deck. Why not? Why not? Indeed. <laughs> Seriously, though, why not? I mean, I have, have a, I have to have a hundred cards. I might as well make three of them. Those <laughs> I don't know what the other I don't know what the other like fucking ninety five of them are. So, like. <laughs> I'd recommend that you look into uh, EDH deck building uh, resources on YouTube for that, just to make sure yeah. that you know the problem. Generally, the, what you're doing. The problem is, is the few I found, the few budget decks I found, um, play like clerics and stuff. And because Caldheim's coming out, and I'm basing my commander around a Caldheim commander or a Caldheim card, there's no real deck solutions right now. So now, I'm, right now, I'm just looking at angel commanders. And trying to build off of that. There is a black-white uh, angel commander right now. Um, I can't remember her name. Um, but she would probably end up in the deck anyway. But it's only like a $25 budget. And there's no, on the commander's quarters at least, there's no updated deck version of that that he's put out. Usually he puts out, you know, the low, like the budget build, the mid-grade, and like the high-end high stuff. He didn't do it for that one yet. So, 
You yeah. just got to look her up, man. The internet's it, pretty vast. You'll I find know. something. Yeah, so if anybody's listening and you go, or you want to get into Commander, uh, Commander's Quarter on YouTube is really good. He gives you, like, rich, super cheap builds to just get in and play and then how to upgrade those and what cards you would replace and stuff. He's He's a phenomenal guy, so... He's fun to watch and he explain he does really good about explaining stuff and the interactions between the cards and the reason that they're in the deck to begin with. So if you need help building your decks, that's a good place to look in my opinion. But yeah. Indeed. I think that's it for today. Yeah, we kind of blew our load with all the other stuff, so I absolutely agree we're done here. Yeah, FGC kind of took the shit out of us today um all right so hopefully next time we talk um more Kaldheim spoilers more maybe more progress on stuff um and maybe not so legal conversations so yeah um thanks for listening guys you can catch us on the facebook youtube twitter um all of them are angry wargamer or angry wargamer podcast and you can obviously listen to show podbean spotify apple music leave reviews if you can give us some feedback and send us those dirty dirty porn pictures of us to one of our formats (laughs) just not publicly please for the love of god until we set up a website (laughs) so anyway uh, you can find me personally at the Angry Wargamer and all the other social medias because I've I've created all of them, and then Drew is at Punk Toast on Twitter, and Lando, who is currently dying of the Rona, uh, is Ragnarok Knight on Twitter. He's not actually dying, but let him know he has the Rona. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, Stay sexy and go fuck yourselves.